0: You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. like it's kind of quiet in here this morning can y'all look at your neighbor and tell him something nice that you know about them we all sit by people that we know so you can encourage them say i really like the way that you do this or i love you because of this can y'all do that right now some of you are still looking at me turn to your neighbor tell him why you love him <sighs> praise the lord We like to do that. Uh, We do marriage coaching and we teach our couples that we say we love you because I love you, honey, because you never let the trash get really tall. That annoys me. You always take it out. And you know what happens when you tell somebody that you love what they do? They do it even more. And it's really beautiful. It's a little tip for you if you're married or if you have relationships outside of marriage. Maybe you're not married. Maybe you're young. You're 16. This is a great tool for you to learn as you get older. I love you because if your mom heard you say that you loved her because of this, her heart would melt and she would give you whatever she wanted. Probably not, but she would love to hear that. We all love to be encouraged. Amen? Amen. I was sitting yesterday back there at the Friends of Sinners uh, graduation and they said something that struck such a chord with me yesterday that was just so powerful. That's just so simple. But they said, you know, we just don't do friendship at Friends of Center. We do life-ship. And I was like, man, that's so powerful. I would love it if our culture wouldn't just do friendship. It would do life together. Amen. Amen. Isn't that powerful? And they always said, hey, if you need to come back, we're family. You can always be welcomed home. Isn't that powerful that even when they mess up, they have an open door policy, you can come home. So if you've been struggling and you don't want to come in the door because you're ashamed of what you do, guess what we're going to say? Welcome home. Look at your neighbor and say, welcome home. home. So good. So I didn't... uh, I was thinking about like asking the Lord, what should I speak on, Lord? What is it that the body needs? Because we just don't study out topics each month of what we're speaking. We're really leaning in and asking the Holy Spirit, what is it that our people need to grow? Because our vision is a healthy home for the city, Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't like to go and hear the same series all the time. I don't like to hear about the same topic all the time. But what I do like to hear is something that I can apply to my life to grow in my relationship with the Lord. But it not only affects my relationship with the Lord, but it affects everybody that's in my circle. It's really powerful. So when I was asking the Lord, I was listening to this podcast and something stood out to me and it said, don't get too familiar. And I began to question that and I was like, what do you mean? I I think getting familiar with people is really good. I get to know their next move. I get to know how they're gonna respond to me. And the Lord said, exactly. It's actually really unhealthy because what happens in relationships is we get so familiar that we begin coasting. Or are just like a neutral in a car, and it's just not going anywhere because we think everything's great, right? So before I get started, will you just lift out your hands? I always forget to pray because I just get up here and get excited, or I get nervous, so I just jump right into my message. Father, we just thank you for today. We just receive all that it is that you want us to hear. We thank you for an opportunity to lean in, to grow in you. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen. So I was asking the Lord what he meant by don't getting too familiar, but when you hear the words getting familiar, what do you think? Maybe you think about when you started dating, and you began to get too familiar with the other person. Maybe you think about having a new baby, you know, I had a new baby, I'm finally getting into the routine, I know when he's going to eat, I know when he's going to sleep. So it's like routine for me. I know I'm getting familiar. Or maybe you started a new job, and you know, you get all your training done, and then you're like, okay, I'm getting into the rhythm. I'm getting in routine of what this looks like. And all of those are really good and really helpful, but I think in relationships, it can be kind of damaging when we get too familiar. So, and with the Lord, too. So we began to take them for granted. We tend to quit examining things in our own relationships with people, with our spouse, with our kids, with our our boss. We just get into this coasting place where we're like, it's all good, and we stop examining things. We quit noticing things. We tend not to celebrate people as much, and familiarity can stop us from respecting people and almost dismissing their opinions because... I already know what they're gonna say, I'm just gonna dismiss what they're gonna say, instead of leaning in and asking questions, leaning in and being a learner, leaning in and being coachable, leaning in and showing gratitude. So today what I would like is to give us a couple of steps of how not to get too familiar in relationships where we're not maturing and growing in the Lord. It is good. Uh, so I was asking a whole bunch of people. I was having dinner with Maddie the other day. It was so sweet, and we're getting to know each other. And we were leaning in to relationship. And she said, I was telling her kind of what the Lord was stirring in me, and she said the word coast. I was like, oh, that's a good word. I actually thought I knew what coast meant. I thought it meant autopilot in an airplane. My husband actually corrected me. He was like, actually faith, autopilot, the engine's still going. I was like, oh. Little do I know. He was like, there's still something that's pushing the airplane. There's still power behind the engine. So coasting doesn't mean autopilot. And I was like, so tell me mechanically, everybody has their own different response, coasting. His was mechanical because he works on cars. He said, it's putting your car in neutral. I was like, oh, that sucks. (laughs) You're not going anywhere. You're just idling there. You're just sitting there, and you're not moving to your next destination. So coasting can actually eliminate you from growing, is what I'm really getting at. I asked a few other people, and they said, riding on someone's coattails, being lazy, moving without effort, or moving without being pushed, and there's no power behind it, or no one's applying power behind it. So, familiarity in relationships does not drive connection. I, um, you know we do marriage coaching here, and I don't like to announce it from the pulpit just because we only have one person doing that right now, and we don't have a lot of extra hands. But we're believing for those people, so we all press in and pray for more people to help us because we have lots of families, couples that need coaching. You're not just getting coaching in crisis. We're always growing in relationships. Amen. And I read this article and it said four signs of coasting in relationships and this is marital relationships But I think this could go across the board in all relationships. It says everything feels routine They don't talk a lot about the future They never fight anymore And they've stopped trying to impress or surprise or delight each other. And if that's you, there's no shame today. If that's you and it's resonating with you, I want you to lean in this morning to what I'm saying, what the Lord is wanting to release. And if you say, I'm not married, it's okay. You have relationships with people all around you. All around you. And maybe you don't have very many friends. Maybe this is a message for you to lean in to some other people this morning. So I began, uh-oh, I forgot my Bible. Haley, will you bring my Bible? Oh, Haley doesn't like to be in front of people. I'm sorry, Haley, to ask you to do that. You're so great. Thank you, everybody. Give it up for Haley. I love you. <laughs> okay, so if you have a Bible with me, turn to Mark chapter 6, verses verse 1 through 6 this morning. Everybody say, this is so good always awkward when you get a quiet moment. Quiet moments are actually really good. You know, my husband and I uh, were married six years, and we had these friends, and we would go to their house. God love them. They, had, they dealt with so much conflict, I thought, they have such an unhealthy marriage. Do you know what? They had a, a, a hundred times more healthy marriage than we did at that season of life, I'll tell you why. Steve and I thought, oh, we're all good. See, we were coasting. We never dealt with conflict, so we thought, oh, everything's great. We're just to under the carpet. And they would always argue about stuff because what were they doing? They were getting through conflict to get connection. But Steve and I, actually, we were so disconnected from each other that we didn't even know how to connect. So conflict is actually really good. So what I'm saying to you this morning is, I'm still working, we're all growing, Not just you, but me too. I'm still growing in my connection with the Lord and with people all around me. I'm still asking the Holy Spirit, how can I connect with the people around me? Because I'm going to give you some tools this morning, but you know who the great person is to ask is the Holy Spirit. He knows more than we all do that are speaking from this pulpit, and he will give you the answer that you need. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to go to Mark 6. Chapter one, and and here is. I'll just start reading. Afterward, Jesus left Capernaum. I don't know if I'm saying that right, and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. On the Sabbath, he went to teach in the synagogue, and everyone who heard his teaching was overwhelmed with astonishment. They said amongst themselves, what incredible wisdom has been given to him? Where did he receive such profound insights and what mighty miracles flow through his hand? Isn't this Mary's son, the carpenter, the brother of Jacob, Joseph, Judah, and Simon? And don't his sisters all live here in Nazareth? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is treated with honor everywhere except right here in his own hometown among his relatives and in his own house. He was unable to do any great miracle in Nazareth except to heal a few sick people by laying his hands upon them. He was amazed at the depth of their unbelief. Here he is in his hometown, the people that understood him the best He had been there two years prior and many other times before that. And they kept reasoning, like, isn't he a carpenter? He builds tables. He doesn't do miracles. He's Mary's son, not God's son. For them, it had become ordinary. There was like this veil that they had become too familiar with who he used to be that he couldn't be this person to them that familiarity had breed contempt. And it said they didn't marvel at him in verse five, rather he marveled at them because of their unbelief. Instead of being in wonder of him, they actually were offended by him in verse six. I'm sorry, verse three. So here they were and they had lived with him, but they didn't even really know who he was. And I think that can happen for us in life with the Lord. Like we can go many years of knowing who the Lord is but not really knowing him. We can go with many years of being with people and not really knowing them. But we assume all these things. Oh yeah, he was just a carpenter. Oh yeah, he was Mary's son. Really? But he was God's son. And so, to eliminate coasting and getting familiar, number one, we should always be a learner. If you're taking notes, if you're not taking notes, take notes. This is good stuff. Be a learner, because when we lear- we stop learning, we stop growing. Uh, just recently, I'm going to tell on my husband, "I love you, babe." Um, I'm going to tell on myself too, because it's both of us. I. Um, we are working with a spiritual Christian therapist who's giving us good curriculum to help with our marriage coaching. Can y'all like praise the Lord for that? Yes. And um... As I'm implementing curriculum I'm doing it alongside of what I'm implementing to learn for myself what this looks like for my relationship so that I can help better facilitate it and so when I go home from sessions a Tuesday night I know my husband's like oh my goodness what are we having to walk through now but it's been so good for our marriage and it's kind of almost risking that vulnerability piece to oh I got to put Myself out there, I got to really dive down into my emotions of how I'm feeling. And um, I came home with this worksheet that I wanted us to do, and I didn't explain the reason why I wanted to do it. So his response wasn't what I really had hoped for. I thought he would be like, Yes! connection with you. I want to go deeper. So of course it was like blah on both sides. So then the next day I was like, hey babe, I really, my feelings were kind of hurt. See, I'm going deeper. I'm risking vulnerability here. My feelings were really hurt that you didn't value that as much as I did. He was like, it's not that I didn't value it. I just didn't know why we were doing it. So when you risk being vulnerable with your spouse or with your coworker or with your friend you got to communicate what you're trying to get across and not just assume the other person is expect it understands what you're even processing so i had to be a learner in that moment and i was like oh i did that totally wrong i should have said sat down and said hey babe i'd really like to get a deeper connection with you. And, and here's what I'd love for us to do in this moment. It says in Proverbs 18:15, it says, the spiritually hungry are always ready to learn more for their hearts are eager to discover new truths. And you know what happened in that moment? I learned, I thought, I assumed I knew his values. It was a value sheet. And I pretty spot on with his values, but when he began to explain why he valued what he valued, I got to know more of him. And then I was like, oh, I need to learn in the next opportunity that I have. We call them opportunities. I need to communicate better on my side. And the Lord began to speak to me and he was like, Faith, in your relationship with me too." I need you to communicate to me more because I just assume the Lord knows what I need because he does. But if I would communicate to him how I'm feeling, why I'm feeling, what I need from him to move in my life, what I need to see, then I will have such a deeper intimacy with him and a connection with him. Then when I see him start to move, I'm like, oh, it's a two-part thing here. It's not just him assuming that he knows everything that i'm thinking and everything that i want i'm actually going to him and i'm building connection with the heavenly father that wants more than anything for me to take time out of my day to have friendship life ship and relationship with him amen 2 Timothy 3 verses 16 through 17 it says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives it corrects us remember we're talking about being a learner it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So we're reading his word to say, Lord, correct me. What is it that I need to work on? Also, in relationships, hey, how can I be a better friend to you? Be ready to hear on the other end the correction of maybe something that you did wrong that's caused a block in your friendship. Same thing with your spouse. Hey, babe, what can I do to better support you? Is there something that I've done that you've been holding on to that we need to work through in conflict? Ooh, be ready for it. There's some connection right there. It might seem like there's like static in your phone connection, like, oh, are we ever going to get there? Keep pressing in. Continue to be a learner. Let the Holy Spirit come and help you facilitate through that conflict. Amen? so good. Luke two fifty two in the NLT it says Jesus grew in wisdom. Everybody say grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with the Lord. We're always growing in wisdom. If you need more wisdom it says ask and it'll give you more wisdom. It's a continual prayer that I pray. It's something that you can always ask God for more of. God, give me more wisdom in my relationships. Give me more wisdom in my relationship with you to know how to hear your voice. What does that look like? See, I'm practicing what what I'm trying to get across to you this morning. Number two, be coachable. Everybody say, be coachable. Look at the greatest athletes. That make the most money, who do they have? A coach, personal trainer, somebody that puts their food together, a chef probably, right? The most successful business leaders, what do they have? They have a coach. Actors in high demands, do you know what they have? They have coaches. They do. I worked for one in L.A. She had a coach. She coached her what to say to the public. She coached her how to um, respond to people. She was always being coached. Oh, you need to eat this food. You need to do this. Always. And you know what she did? She followed. Why? Because she wanted to get somewhere. She didn't want to stay she didn't want to say coasting, right? She had a goal in mind, the end in mind. She began with the end in mind. She was coachable. I have a coach. I have lots of coaches, actually. Pastor Mike's a coach. He helps me. My friend Josie in Florida, she's on staff a huge church. I call her. I'm like, hey, I need to be coached right now. I don't know how to respond in this situation. It's so good. I have a friend that tells me, oh, you're putting up a wall, Faith. Where are you? I need connection. I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks. Coach me. Somebody called me. My friend called me the other day, and she was telling me something that I, I do a lot, and I didn't even realize it. And she was just saying... How grateful she was for my friendship, because in times that I was dealing with infertility, I would go and I would get a gift for somebody that was having a baby, that I would encourage them. I would sew into them. I would believe the best in them. And she said, Faith, you always do that. Like when there's something that you're struggling with, you always go to the other side. And I'm like, oh yeah, I do push for that, don't I? And she's like, yeah, that's a good quality. And I was like, thank you. She was coaching me yesterday as a friend, telling me the thing that I did well. So it's not always in relationships that you're coaching for the negative, but you're coaching more than most of the time you're coaching for encouragement. (sighs) Babe, I love it when you Spend time with my kids. Like our kids, they love it when you go and spend time and read to them. Like, I'm not coaching him, but I'm I am telling him, I'm encouraging him. Like, thank you. Everybody needs a coach to help coach them through life. You need a coach. We've got small group leaders as coaches. Some of y'all are hearing things from small group leaders, and you're and you're not playing the field, you're still sitting the bench we say, here's your next step. Somebody told me the other day, you sure are bossy with next steps? I said, I know I'm bossy with next steps because I love you because I keep giving you next steps. But you know what? That person is starting to play the game and we're starting to see fruit. And and she said, you know, I'm glad you're bossy because I said, I wouldn't get through to you, would I? She's like, no. I said, well, praise God for my bossiness. I said, it's out of love, you know? And I'm learning not how to be bossy, because that was my old self, but I'm learning how to encourage and equip people for next steps, amen? It is good. Uh, So we have pastors as coaches. We have small group leaders. Um, The best coach, though, is the Holy Spirit. He will coach you if you ask him how to play the game, if you'll listen to when he says, oh, that's a foul ball. I'm speaking to some of you sports people. I did play some sports growing up, so I know some of this language. You're out of bounds. Get back in the game. Ooh, that's a good one. Some of you have been out of bounds. He's saying, get back in the game. Be coachable. Some of you just get mad and throw a tantrum on the field and go and sit the bench. It's time to come up under and be coachable. Amen? Amen. Amen. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 13, better was a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who no longer knew. Take advice. Take advice. That's a good word better was a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who no longer knew how to take advice proverbs 4 5 it says get wisdom get insight do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth so what does it look like for you to be coachable in this season maybe where where do you need coaching is it for your marriage Is it for friendships? Is it for financial coaching? We got somebody, this is so cool. I was with a couple and they were um, talking about their finances, they needed help and then Pastor Mike came in our staff meeting said somebody in our congregation has been a financial advisor, does businesses and he wants to coach a couple for free. How cool is that? It is people having gifts in the body that want to help the people of God. And then they began to be, they're going to come in and they're going to say, I'm coachable. I'm going to pay off all seven credit cards and we're going to move forward to start to save money. Isn't that so good? They're getting coaching and they're saying yes to what God wants to do in their life. How can you lean in on being coached? Who in your life can coach you? And maybe you don't have a coach. Hello, we're here. We're here. We have a time. You're not a burden. A lot of people say, Oh, I don't want to burden you. Please reach out. Small group leaders that you haven't opened up to, that you haven't allowed to be coached by. Open up to them. Call them after service and say, hey, I want to be coached. This is where I'm struggling. I need some wisdom. I need some counsel around me. Number three, be intentional. You must be active, not passive. Everybody say, I'm not going to be passive. Continue to push for connection. Ephesians 4, verse 31, it says... Here's what holds us back from being intentional sometimes. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, browling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving. Everybody say forgiving. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. A lot of times we're not intentional because we're holding on to things that have built barriers up in our relationship with the Lord and with other people. Colossians 3.13, it says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Colossians 4.6, it says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Here's some ways to be intentional. Uh, When we were doing our values, mine's spontaneity. I love being spont, spontan, spont, spontaneous, thank you. La la la. And Steve is the exact opposite. He loves order. And we've learned after almost 14 years of marriage that we are gonna compromise in some things, but also my spontaneity helps him come out of like rigidness, and his rigidness helps me get some order in my life. So when he says, gives me a hard time, like, hey, babe, the Amazon credit card, what's going on there? (laughs) Thank you for your order. Because I get a little spontaneous sometimes, right? Where was I even going with that? Oh, so some of us are spontaneous and some of us like order. I would ask you to ask the Holy Spirit, what do the friends need in my life? What does my spouse need in this season? They might need a surprise date. They might need a card in the mail. They might need you to stop texting them and call them. I'm talking about being intentional. They might need you You might need to schedule a date. I'm busy, I'm busy. Uh, You know what? We're all busy, but if we get it on the calendar and we're intentional and it means something to you, you're going to lean into that. I'm going to lean into relationships because you know what? Jesus was relational all the time with everyone. And I just think we make excuses to not connect with people, it is it is hard if you haven't known how to connect with people. I have done this now, going on eight years of learning connection and like how to really do it without being weird and being rigid and not knowing what to say. Sometimes it's like, hey, I don't even know what to say, but can can we have a talk sometime? Like, can we build a friendship? I know it sounds weird, doesn't it? But some of y'all need some language. For some of you all, and something that the Lord told me just in the shower the other day, He speaks to me and He said, "You know, Faith, why do you always call it hard, having hard conversations?" And I was like, "Cause it is." He was like, "Actually, I want you to start calling it healthy. You're gonna have healthy conversation." And maybe if our culture here started to look at saying healthy conversation instead of hard conversation, then we would already open the door that's already shut before we get there. That is a good word because... It is something that I think we forward think. It's going to go look this way. It's going to go this way. And even with the Lord, like, oh, I don't want to have this hard conversation with the Lord. Actually, I want to have a healthy conversation with you, Lord. I want you to unveil to me what's going on in here so that I can walk in health. Because that is our goal, a healthy home for the city. We all have to move forward to that. Amen? So and a way to connect with the Lord is take moments out of your day to say, "Lord, where can I grow?" Ask Jesus. He says, "I am the vine, and you are the branch. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing." So maybe it looks like you're lunchtime. Lord, speak to me. I'm here. I'm listening, being intentional and not being so routine about it. I'm not saying that routine is bad, but we get so routine it becomes a checklist that it's not relational anymore. And number four, oh, actually I have something else here. It says in Psalm 100 verse four, this is in the message, it says enter with the password. Oops, I'm ahead of myself. Sorry, number four, show gratitude. Everybody say gratitude. Gratitude. Um, I have had a friendship with a friend for, oh gosh, almost 20 years. And um, when we get in conflict, she's really um, sharp with me. And um, it almost is like I'm not going to push through for connection because of the way she's responding to me. And I think about all the years of life I've done with her and how the enemy wants nothing more than to sever that relationship. Why? Because she brings life to my life. Because God uses her to speak into my life because she has dreams about me and prophetic dreams that speak into my life. But the enemy wants nothing more than to sever relationships with people around you. Just when you when you see people being mean to you, like, ah, I'm cutting them off. They're, I'm not going to do life with them anymore. It's actually the worst. Now, if the Lord really tells you to do that and they're damaging to your spirit and they're causing you to sin... It's probably good for you not to surround yourself with that person, but this is a person that has, I've done life with for so long, and people are like, well, why do you still do life with her? I said, because I'm choosing to grow in my relationship with her, and just because there's conflict doesn't mean that there's not an opportunity to grow deeper connection and relationship with her. And, um, as I began to walk in that, I began to think about the gratitude that I had for her in my life and the things that the Lord had brought to my life. And I began to give thanks for her in that season. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Cause sometimes you got to say it out loud to believe it a few times, you know, like, okay, she does this. She brings life to me here. This is happening. This is look at the, what God's done in our relationship and showing gratitude. Gratitude actually takes you to a place of thankfulness. And um, I was reading in this book the other day of Jonathan David and Melissa Helser. I quote them a lot because I feel like they just do life really well. And they said, we do a gratitude praise break every so often with our kids. Because our kids are like, why can't we have? Or, you know, they're like, well, that's not fair. Why does their family get to do sleepovers and we don't get to do sleepovers? So they take a five-minute a, a, like a five praise break, and they begin to say, you know what? Let's think about five things that we're grateful for right now. I did it with Olivia Joy the other day, and it was, it was hard to press in. She's like, I don't want to do this right now. I'm like, yeah, we're going to press in for this. So showing gratitude. Psalms 100 verse 4, it says, enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank him and worship him. You know, if you look, Jesus thanks his father before every miracle he performed. Creating an atmosphere of gratitude, and you'll have an atmosphere of heaven. I really believe that. So you practice that in relationship with the Lord and with other people around you. I love you because you take the trash out, babe. I love you because you surprise date me the other night. You took me to our favorite restaurant You know what's going to happen? He'll continue to do those things. Olivia, I love you because you're so empathetic. Although she's very passionate and cries a lot, I'm so thankful for the empathy on the inside of her. So leaning into moments to build connection, she's like, yes, mommy. I felt that, I'm like, oh, tell me more, why did you feel that? See what I'm doing? I'm building connection with her, I'm learning about her, how she responds. I'm having coffee with people, I'm meeting with people, and I'm showing gratitude. I just had a meeting this morning with a couple, and I said, I think that we need to look, and I need to encourage you that you have come so far. We've got a lot more to go, but I wanna say, look at where we began, I am so thankful that you have been teachable I'm so thankful that you're looking out for each other I'm so thankful that you're speaking life and not death see what I'm saying like showing gratitude will take relationship farther into connection and showing the Lord gratitude will only get him so excited to do more for what he has for you amen amen so will you stand with me this morning worship team can come back up Will you guys sing that song, I don't want anything else? Um, I want you to think for a minute. Please don't leave yet. I want you to think about where you are in your relationship with the Lord. And think about that word coasting. Think about the neutral that I said. Think about being a learner. Think about being coachable. Think about being intentional. Think about showing gratitude. Like, where are you in your relationship with the Lord? Are you moving forward, or are you coasting? Are you routine, or are you relational? What about other relationships in your life, not just with the Lord, but with your spouse, with your friends, with your children, with your boss, with your neighbors. Ooh. How can you be intentional with the people that are in your circle of influence right now? We just close your eyes for a second. Would our prayer team come down forward this morning? I just want us to just humbly ask the Holy Spirit to reveal. Lord, we just ask you to reveal the parts of us that need to be more of a learner, where we need to be more coachable, where we need to be more intentional, God. And Lord, I just thank you that you're causing the body of Christ to become more healthy, that you're causing us to stop coasting and to start pursuing health in relationship with you and in relationship with others, Lord. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never gotten in the car and you say, I don't have a relationship with the Lord. I don't know about, i am not been coasting. I've definitely been out of the car out of out of the plan of God for my life out of the will of God for my life and I want to come home the door's open for you this morning our prayer team down here knows exactly how to walk you through asking the Lord back into your heart this morning Maybe you just want to make a rededication. I'm going to commit, Lord, to stop coasting. I'm going to commit, Lord, to be coachable. And today I want to fully surrender all parts of my life to you this morning. If that's you and you want to come get prayed over this morning, our prayer team is here. Maybe you have a sickness in your body. Maybe you just need prayer over a situation that's going on in your life this morning. You are welcome at the altar this morning. Father, I just thank you that this church is a healthy home for this city. We thank you, Lord, that we're leaning in to what you're doing, God. Say, have your way in our life. Help us, Lord, to grow in you. Holy Spirit, lead, guide, and direct us into all truth. Let us stir up a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Let us stir up a hunger and a thirst to go higher in you, Lord, even though it might be uncomfortable, Lord. We press towards health today, and we say yes to what you want to do. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that you are the one thing that we look to the offer of our faith in Jesus name we pray and everybody says amen if you need to go this morning you can if you want to just stay in worship to this song you can have a great week we love you we're praying for